So let me ask you a question. What is your big dream when it comes to real estate investing? What is that pot of gold at the end of the rainbow that you're reaching out for? For a lot of people, it's the idea of getting the heck out of Dodge and having that true time, money, and location freedom. Well, today's guest, Mr. Eliev Kling, has done exactly that. Eliev and his lovely wife uh, got started in real estate investing way back in 2004, started small, ended up building up bigger and bigger over time, and have actually decided to live in the Cayman Islands, which is where Eliev is zooming in from today. Welcome to the call. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Eliev, tell me what got you and your lovely wife started in real estate way back in 2004. So we uh, we came to Canada in 2003. Um, from from Israel. From Israel, nice. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so my wife my wife's background is uh, in the finance uh, space. Mm -hmm. My background my background is tech technology. Um, I've been doing that for uh, quite some time. Uh, still involved in in mm -hmm. some ways, uh, but we liked what we do or what you used to do. Yeah, in in that space, we didn't like the uh, corporate environment. Got it. Uh, and that got us thinking on on what is our plan B. Mm -hmm. uh, we we understood that you know working in a corporate world, you're basically a commodity. Uh, and we wanted a plan B. Yeah, uh, we started investing in in two thousand and four. So what what sparked you guys coming from a tech background? A lot of tech people would invest in tech stocks and dot com stuff and all that kind of. Well, that was a little past the dot com, I guess. But why did you guys decide real estate instead of other options? So we we always thought differently than than others. Uh, and when we read the uh, Robert Kiyosaki's uh, rich rich dad poor dad the the purple one, yep. Yeah, uh, everything fell in place. I mean, we it basically helped us articulate what we were thinking. Uh, and just by doing that, we knew that we would like to maybe test and check the real estate avenue. Uh, we were not sure if that's, you know, that's the way for us, but we knew that we need to do something else other than just work nine to five. Got it. All right. Uh, so you got sparked. So what was your what were your first investments, Eliab? Our first investment was funny, and we we never had investments that were close to home. Uh, so when we moved to uh, Canada, we moved moved to uh, Montreal back in two thousand and three. I'm sorry, you and, moved to uh, where in two thousand three? In Montreal. Montreal. In Montreal. Got it. Uh, and my brother called me one day and told me that there is a an auction on on a property. Uh, in a student, uh, um, like next to a student, next to university, basically. Uh, yeah. And he asked me if we want to uh, go and bid on, on two apartments together and, and split them. I said, sure, yeah, why not? I mean, it was, the entry price was extremely low. Uh, we got the bid. And that was our uh, starting point. Very nice. All right, so you started off with apartments, kind of was that student rental stuff that you did or you rented out normally? Yeah, it was a student uh, rental. It uh -huh. went beautifully, uh, was all the time, no issues. 
uh, we sold it for a very nice profit, um, I think, four years later. Nice. All right. So what did, where did you your your real estate journey take you guys after that? You you start keep doing kind of the small deals, the condos, and then when did you kind of start to scale up? So after the crash in 2008 and uh, nine, we started purchasing uh, uh, condos in, in Florida. Uh, mm. And the prices were phenomenal. We're talking about fifty-two to sixty-five thousand a door for a very nice condo, too. For a very nice two-bedroom, the sixty-five was actually three-bedroom. Yeah, very good area. Yeah, um, good uh, school zone, and and so on. So, how many of those did you buy? We bought a total of four. Four, uh, nice. And now, were you able to get financing back then, or you had to buy all cash? So you had to buy it cash. Got it. That was the uh, the catch. Uh, but we were able to do so because we sold an apartment that we had in Israel. Mm-hmm. Uh, we took all that cash, bought those uh, four condos. But uh, 18 or yeah, even like less than a year after we closed on the last one, we were able to refinance those four condos with uh, Desjardins. Okay. Yeah. They had a they had a branch in uh, in uh, Miami. Yeah, with all those French Canadians down there, they it would be smart for them to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So we were able to refinance based on seventy percent loan to value, okay. and we pulled basically all the money that we invested. Yeah, because the prices had gone up a bit since over that. That's time. right. Very nice. All right. So you got the four condos in Florida. Then, then where did your real estate journey take you? So then we we started thinking about okay, what's next. And we liked, we, we, we grew up into it, right? Uh, we not only enjoy the other uh, profits, we also enjoy the process of looking for properties, bidding on them. It was, it was a nice and fun, uh, fun time. Yeah. Uh, and then we asked ourselves, okay, what's next? And for us to grow uh, meant to go into the multifamily f- uh, space. Okay. Yeah. However, we knew nothing about the multifamily uh, space. It's it's a completely different space than the uh, single families and condos. Definitely. So we had to invest. Everything's in different. Stuff. Financing, everything's different. Yeah. Absolutely. Like even the realtors. I mean, they're not the same same brokers. I mean, there are brokers that deals only with single families and valuations different, comparables different. Everything's yeah. yeah. Uh, so we had to invest into uh, into education. Yep. And we we did some uh, extensive um, coaching uh, program that mm-hmm. uh, was tailored for Canadians investing in the US mm-hmm. in, in the multifamily space. Oh, very nice. And we started basically uh, purchasing uh, multifamilies. Uh, the first acquisition was March of 2013. And what size of a property was that one, Elia? It was a six unit apartment unit. Nice. Uh, REO from the bank mm-hmm. was purchased for $190,000. Nice. <laughs> uh, five two bedrooms, one one. Where bedroom. where was that one located? That's in uh, Chicago's suburbs. Okay, so Chicago. So you got properties in Florida. Now you got a six plex in plex in Chicago. You must be getting good at hiring outside management by this time. And that's what I said in the beginning. We never had any property close to home, yeah. so everything was remote. Uh, with these challenges, obviously, I mean, you have to. Your, your property manager is the key player in, in this game, right? Yeah. Uh, and we went through 
a few of them, a few of them. I would imagine. Yeah. A few of uh, them for each different property and location, I would imagine. So yeah, yes, a yes. Process. A few of them in, in Florida and a few of them in Chicago. Um, so hey, just, you if, you don't, if you don't mind me asking, Elia, because a lot of people have this challenge. So seeing that you've hired management for single family homes and for multifamily properties, maybe can you give our listeners a couple of tips? Number one, for finding a good management company for single family homes. Let's take a look at that because you've got a, you had a number of those. It's a different usually kind of a different kind of a manager versus like the really big guys won't even look at that. So how do you find good management for single families? To tell you the truth, I would go with something very simple. I would try to look for a realtor that can manage that as well, because it's not as intensive as multifamily. Okay. Unless again, it it really depends on, on the, on the location as well, but unless you're doing you know airbnb and short short-term yeah. rentals you normally don't need mu- like much management on on the single family side right uh so, so I I, try- ideally ideally you're buying this if you're buying it with a realtor you're buying it with a realtor who offers property management as well that'd That's be right. that'd be ideal so what what's been your experience as far as how a manager like that would charge for managing a, a single family home? What are we Normally at? it's probably between eight to 10%. Yeah. That's what I've heard too. I heard one poor person. They were, when they first got started, they were paying 30% no, property management. Yeah. That's, that's criminal. 30% I, I would expect for a, a short-term rental. Yeah. Not marketing. Yeah. Anywhere right. between 30 to sometimes 50% even. Yeah. If but yeah. Yeah, 10% is what I've heard is kind of going. Okay, and then your experience with multifamily, because you've probably gone through a few of those as well. So what what have you guys learned about finding good multifamily management? So it's all about the personality of, of, the, uh, of the owner. Um, I've learned that the really big, large companies you're not going to get the same service as you would get with a smaller company and smaller could be, you know, a company that manages up to $10,000, but they're still, it's more like a family oriented business. Right. So it's not Uh, like if you get to the really big guys, you've got an account manager that may or may not be there next week. And then you got the turnover kind of thing. Right. Correct. And they have, again, those companies also have, much higher overheads and therefore they will try to push you services that you don't necessarily need got it so focus on finding a small smaller property management company any but there's good and bad ones of those as well so how do you what do so, you guys do referrals uh, is that a big thing or, or how do you refer, referrals is is definitely a, a big thing Yep. I'm a big advocate of uh, of referrals, uh, but you have to ask the questions when when you before you hire them, ask them the hard questions. So don't, what is what are, what are what are the hard questions? So how do they charge? Who who is doing the maintenance? Is it in house or or they outsource? If they outsource, do they outsource to their, you know, do they get any cut 
from from uh, anything that they uh, they send out. Uh, and though, and and you know, just by feeling how the other side is is reacting to those questions you can probably get a good sense on uh, So if you feel, if you've got your spidey senses kind of saying they're lying to me or they're really uncomfortable about answering this question or they're not forthcoming and being transparent, that's, that's a big, that, that's a red flag versus, you know, Hey, if they are outsourcing the repairs and if they are getting a kickback on that, or if they're charging a premium over that, as long as they're upfront about it, no big deal, right? That's, Absolutely. that's fine. I, yeah. I like to do business where everything is on the table. Makes sense. And, and if the other side is trying to go around, mm -hmm. that's a red flag. Yeah, most definitely. All right, Ali. Well, thanks for explaining that because I think you've got a unique perspective from both sides. Okay, so you got the six blacks in 2013 in Chicago. Fast forward to today, if you don't mind. And what does your portfolio look like? What kind of properties and, and how are they distributed? So last year we sold uh, four properties in, in, in the Chicago land area. Um, and we haven't purchased a, a new property for a long time. Mm -hmm. uh, the reason was that the prices didn't make sense to us. We right. are, I mean, we're not, we're very focused on the numbers when we buy. Uh, and we couldn't find anything that would make sense to us number-wise uh, in the last few years. What size of properties did you kind of build up to as far as multifamilies go? So in Chicago, the largest one was uh, 48 units. Okay, that's pretty big. Yeah. Um, and we just got into, a, we just bought a property uh, in Houston, uh, which is 144 units. So... We would like to get out of the uh, Illinois uh, uh, investments and focus more on on uh, south uh, on the south. Okay, Texas. why is that? So Illinois has it's a very complex uh, situation over there. The uh, first the assessor is uh, was brutal. So property taxes are insane in yeah. in Illinois. And that's something that you don't have control over. Mm -hmm. And in in one of our properties, they wanted to uh, double the uh, the taxes one year. And obviously, we contested and got it back down. But still, we had to pay like thirty thousand dollars for uh, for the attorney just in wow. fees, right? Jeez. Uh, so and and nothing nothing to say they won't do the same thing next year. That's it. So yeah. The, the only only uh, only gainers are are the uh, tax attorneys. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's one reason. Uh, another reason is that in Illinois, in Illinois generally, uh, there there is a negative in immigration. Okay. Uh, where in Texas, uh, Houston, Austin, Dallas, you have it's huge. Like it's everybody huge from California is moving over there. Absolutely. <laughs> So there is a lot of uh, you know tech companies from California going into Texas, uh, and it creates a need for housing. Got it. So we, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. We like All right. So you just you just purchased this one. What and at what point did you and your wife decide to move out of Canada and move to the Cayman Islands? 
COVID in one oh, really? way. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so we uh, we lived in uh, in Ontario. Yeah, in Vaughan, just north of, uh, north of uh, Toronto. Yeah. And uh, it was brutal. COVID was brutal. Um, the kids were doing online schooling, which was horrible. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, we said, let's, maybe let's try to go somewhere else, just to try it out. Not, you yeah. know, we were not planning on, on staying. We said, okay, let's let's go for a year. And and see what what happens. Let's go. Let's let's go spend COVID in the Caribbean. That's it. Uh, we we were looking for you know a nice place, um, which was open, with no restrictions, and Cayman Islands was was one of them. Nice, nice. So that makes sense. So it's been a few years now. What have been what what have been the pros and the cons of the move? So, it's it's a very different place. It's of a very course. interesting place. Yeah. Culturally uh, like, very different. Rules, regulations, very different. It is. It's, it's a very interesting mix between a third world country and a, and a developed country. Uh, yeah, which, I, I hear you, Ali. I used to live in Costa Rica. It's the same way. That's it. So, yeah, I mean, so you, you understand exactly what I'm talking, uh, I'm talking about. It's a, it's a very unique mix. You, you can find and, and meet very, very interesting people over here. Um, and people are just, you know, people are kind. Mm -hmm. You go on the street and people say hello to each other. Yeah. Uh, which is, I mean, that's, that's what, that these are the memories I, I, I have from, you know, from my childhood, mm -hmm. but unfortunately the world has evolved to a, you know, a, a place where people are strangers to each yeah. other and they, they keep some kind of a distance, uh, from each other. Um, so it's more and, you know, more of an easygoing place. Yeah. Um, but you still have very, you know, very interesting people that you can meet over here. Nice. Oh, sounds like it's been a good move. Is there anything that, that you miss from Canada living in the Caymans? Yeah. Besides, besides I mean, the weather in January. Listen, I, I've never complained about the weather in, in, in Canada. <laughs> Uh, you can either complain about it or embrace it. Exactly. And if you if you're gonna complain, you're gonna be miserable. Yeah. So you better embrace it. I like skiing the, with the kids, so we were out every weekend. Nice. We never complain about the winter. All right. So what do you, what do you miss about Canada? I miss first 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 of all, I miss my friends. Yeah. Um. So my friends are are there, and um, it's harder to uh you know to keep in touch. Mm -hmm. Uh, I miss, you know, simple things like going to a concert or, or a museum. Uh, it's a very, very small island. Cayman. Uh, so you Just for perspective, a... I've never been to the Cayman Islands. What is the population and what is the size approximately? 70,000. 70,000. All right. So it's the size of a small city population wise. And what's the size of it? It's about 30 kilometers um, long. 25, 30. Yeah, and it's pretty narrow. Okay, yeah. So it's so, so it's, coming coming from the the great size of Ontario, it it might feel a little claustrophobic after a while. Yes, and it's it, and it's very flat, which uh, is kind of boring. Right. Uh, so again, we we liked also uh, hiking and 
so on. <laughs> yeah, you, I, I you, you've seen everything on the Cayman Islands. Fifty six. You, you go on the you know on the on the roof. You go to the rooftop. You see the entire island, right? So <laughs> it's very flat, and and I I miss that in Canada. Got it. Got it. Yeah, there's pros and cons to everything. That's for sure. Absolutely. Well, it sounds like what what are you guys planning to do moving ahead, real estate wise? Is sounds like real estate is your main source of income. Is that for, is is that correct? Or, yeah, or you say yeah, you're still doing a little bit of the tech stuff as well? I'm involved in in tech a little bit, um, just helping some some companies and so on, but not not heavily involved. Absolutely, like definitely, uh, real estate is the number one uh, uh, income uh, source for us, and that's where I spend most of my time. Um, the idea is is to do two things: first, grow our portfolio in in, in the in the states, and uh, we're trying, not trying, we're partnering with some locals here to see how we can help um, with de new developments. Uh, I I was able to bring um, my relationships with uh, some lenders in the U.S. Mm -hmm. to be able to lend uh, for uh, developments here in Cayman. Very nice. Yeah. Which is very unique uh, because the banks here are very, very conservative. Um, so they can, you know, they, they don't, they don't understand, the, you know, the, the necessarily the, the business model. Right. And they're very strict. So bringing in uh, a lender from outside with a different mindset um, can be very beneficial for some of those projects. Yeah, no, so that's like exciting. I'm, I'm working so you're getting on to right. do some developing type stuff. Now, in the, the properties that you're doing in the, in the States, are you guys involved in the, as GPs or are you on the LP side of things? What, what are you doing there? Always on the GP side. And and what, uh, what is it that you and your wife bring to the table on the GP side? So we're bringing uh, multiple uh, uh, assets. Um, first, financing. Uh, we have very good relationships with uh, good lenders. Um, Revital, my wife, she's, uh, she's normally in charge on the uh, financials uh, and keeping track on all the uh, financials uh, ongoing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm also in charge of, uh, rehab. So in, in this new acquisition that we just had in, in Houston, we'll be investing about $1.8 million in, into rehab. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm managing all that process from, you know, bidding and, and later on following up on the contractors, making sure that everything is, is being, uh, you know, de delivered to our standards. Um, so are you flying back and forth? Or are you doing all of this virtually? Uh, a lot of it virtually. We have mm -hmm. people on the ground that are helping us, but I'm, yeah, me and my partners are flying. Got it. Uh, we will have, we, we basically have one of us at least once a month in there. Got it. Makes sense. All right. So moving ahead, you're planning on doing more of these kind of projects. Is that the idea? Yeah. Uh, we like the uh, value add uh, properties. Mm -hmm. That's what we um, we are good at, uh, increasing you know increasing the NOI and therefore increasing the uh, the value of the property. Fantastic. That's our That's strength. Good. Yeah. Well, Eliab, it sounds like you've had a very very interesting journey so far. It sounds like you and your wife are poised for even bigger and better things. 
if people would like to connect with you, what can they do? Uh, they can go on our website, which is Kera, K-E-R-R-A-investments.com or send me an email at info at Kera-investments.com. Perfect. Thank you very much for being on the show. Thank you for having me again. All right, everybody. Take care. We'll talk to you on the next episode.